Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the Next Talk? Okay, so our last couple of shows have been really fun. I mean, Mandy got to have her husband on. He is hilarious and said some funny things, but great <laughs> truths, great truths. He's pretty he honest. Was him, which I love. And I got to have my husband on, which was fantastic. I just love that conversation. And we were talking about those difficult conversations. There's probably a million of them, but we touched on one that you can have um, when you're not in the heat of the moment. Uh, we also wanted to talk a little bit about sex, which we didn't get to, but I'm hoping we will in the future. But Mandy and I were talking about how that's such an important part of this conversation, this open communication that is the bottom line for everything in Next Talk. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we were brought up to, I mean, I was just always thinking sex was bad. Yeah. Sex was bad. And sex isn't bad. Sex is awesome if it's done the way God intended us to do it. Well, and that's the key right there. We don't realize um, the blessing that can come within God's intention for marriage because we always get caught up in the curse that comes. And it's true. If it's outside of marriage, it can be something that is has long-reaching issues. Yeah, yeah. So today we want to talk about, like, how do you, how do you talk to your kids about this? Like, how yeah. do you bring it up? What is the right age to do it? And it's going to look a little differently for everybody. We, we do want to give you a couple guidelines and some some advice to help you along. Um, first off, you know, Genesis 2.24. Let's just look straight at scripture. A man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Um, the Bible's clear. Yeah. One man, one woman inside a marriage and um, they become one. I love first Corinthians seven, two and three. Because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. It's pretty clear. You know what I love about God's word? It's an equal thing. It is. It's, you know, like pleasure for both Mm -hmm. it's not about just satisfying one or the other um i love god's word i think sometimes the world has taken that so out of context Um, but if you really read all of god's word and see his character you see that it's an equal thing it's a beautiful representation of his love for us Mm -hmm. you know he comes to the table and invites us there and marriage is very much like that too two people who when they're both at the table with the same intent in mind for a godly marriage it's a beautiful thing yeah yeah so talking to your kids about sex we've set it up with scripture this is what god says about it now how do we communicate that with our young kids you know because I, a lot of times we don't want to bring up conversations because we don't want to um take away their innocence right well we don't want to plant the seed too early we think oh if i say anything and you know unfortunately in this day and age we have to have um the pornography conversation even before 
the sex conversation. Yeah. And so that kind of starts the process. And we've had that conversation with our kids. We've read through good pictures, bad pictures, and the junior version also. And so moving into the sex conversation, we're still in the pre-stages of that because our oldest is seven. And so what that looks like for us is presenting what the result of sex is if you are doing the right thing with your body beforehand. So and that sounded weird. But what I'm really trying to say is private parts yeah. versus public parts. Yeah. If we're treating our body in a respectful way, the way God intended it to, we can explain that to our kids in the context of marriage. So what we say is the parts that are covered by a swimsuit are your private parts. And those are reserved for something special you get to share in marriage. Once God brings your spouse, those become a special gift for them. But your public parts are things, your arms, your hands, those we use for serving and for loving. And those are things that are okay to share. That's as far as we go at this point. So, but that's awesome because at seven years old and five and three, you're planting the seed that you save this private part of your body for something you get to do with your future spouse. And I just think that's awesome. Well, and I'm waiting for the question, what is that thing that I get to do? It, ha- <laughs> it hasn't come yet, but I know it's coming. So I'm prepping, I'm prepping for it. Well, you know, I can kind of speak into this because okay. I've got, you know, a 13 and a 10 year old. When my 13 was in fourth grade, she was nine. Um, I remember very distinctly we were making tacos for dinner one night and I was chopping tomatoes and it was just she and I dad and and little brother were at soccer or at football practice so um, I just asked her a question and I was real intentional and this is um, some advice that I would give to y'all be real intentional about having this first sex talk in a casual conversation in a casual environment a mm-hmm. routine environment yeah, that's good. what this does is this if you are like we need to go down and sit on the couch and talk about sex it it creates this idea in your kid's head that they have to carve out a space to talk to you about sex and what we want to do is really present this natural flow of when we're driving down the road they can ask us about sex or when we're in the kitchen cooking dinner, they can ask us about sex. Again, it goes back to Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7. Talk in your daily routine activity. Well, and you're setting that standard. Yeah. From yeah. From the get-go. Exactly. So we were, I was chopping tomatoes, and I said to her, hey, have you ever heard the word sex? And she said, um, yeah, I think I have, you know. And she said, is it something you do in a marriage? And I said, it is. And then I said, it can also mean male or female. There's two different meetings there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is something that you get to do in a, in a marriage. And I actually said to her, you know, Genesis 4.1 tells us that Adam made love to his wife Eve, and then they became pregnant with their son. And, you know, we're chopping tomatoes. And she's <laughs> like, Mom, do we need lettuce? Mom, do we? I mean, this... In the middle of all of this, we're having a casual conversation. Um, And she said, okay. And and that was it. She, I could tell that she was very uncomfortable and she didn't want to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I said, hey, if you ever want to talk about this or you have more questions or you hear something from other kids, will you come ask me? Like, I'm here and I'm open. Yeah. And then we just started talking about the latest TV show because I knew I could sense from her body language she was uncomfortable. And I wanted to honor that. Like I wanted to shift the conversation. I didn't want to nag it into something or force a conversation that she wasn't ready for. But I had set the stage with an open-ended question. 
I love that picture because I think a lot of us can relate to the sex conversation that most of our parents had with us. Again, doing the best that they could. Or didn't have it all. Or didn't have it all, but that was based out of fear or trying to create fear so you wouldn't get pregnant before having a baby. It's bad. uh, A marriage. Don't do sex. Yeah. Don't have sex. (laughs) It's dangerous. It's a sin. Yeah. It's bad. Or you absolutely um, cannot ask me anything about my life and my experience you you can't have questions without me sweating or getting awkward and so those environments that a lot of us were brought up in that's what we have those are the tools that we have and we have to change that into this casual open conversation that we tell our kids we're accessible you know You know, and I loved what you said, Kim, because you said, um, you know, we get sweaty and we're a lot of us avoid this conversation because we we are scared of the dreaded did you question. And we've talked about this before on our show, looking in the mirror. We talked about this. Mm. You can go back and watch that show if you want to know more about that. But, you know, we avoid topics because we're afraid of, hey, mom, did you wait to have sex? Right. And then we don't want to go there. We don't want to be honest. Um, and, you know, there's a time and a place for that. Obviously, sure. there there has to be the right age and that has to be prayed over. But these honest conversations with our kids about how we messed up, our kids value that. Like yeah. they value the transparency. And then they, they realize mom's not perfect. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to live up to mom's standard because she's real too. Yeah. She messed up. Yeah. You know, in one of our, our groups where we went over this curriculum and these topics I remember sitting with one mom and we were discussing like what would have been helpful if you haven't had this conversation and your kids are a little bit older Mm -hmm. and she said I wish I could have just heard truth from my mom about what I should expect about these feelings of sex and sexuality she said if we sat on the couch and my mom said you know what when you're sitting with a boy, when you're dating a boy, when you're getting to know them, you're going to have these urges. Yes. It's natural to feel like you want them to touch you. You want them to be intimate with you. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Not That doesn't make you a sinner or a bad person. Those are the conversations, the real transparent, here, this is true. This is okay conversations that I think so many of us are missing. Well, just like with porn, we have to prepare them. Yeah. So if we can role play with them and talk about you're going to have these urges, then we can say this is why we're not going to allow you and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend to be in your bedroom alone because we know those urges and this will happen. You know, explaining the why behind your rules. And then that creates so much conversation. Um, open-ended questions are best for sure you know what's funny is once we had this first discussion Kim I didn't have to force it she came back to me yeah she came back to me it was a couple months later and um, we were it was so funny because we were driving in the car and it was just my teen and I and um, I'll never forget it (laughs) you know I had to explain the medical terms the science behind it because she was understanding that men and women have sex in a marriage and she was understanding that's how a baby is created because Mm -hmm. of that scripture in genesis 4 1 um she wasn't quite understanding how it fit together yes and um (laughs) so you know i used the pieces of the puzzle I use real terms, you know, penis and vagina and how it fits together. And um, 
you know, of course, her immediate reaction was gross. Well, and there are people listening who've never said those words, and they're adults. <laughs> it is true. Let's, no, let's be real. No. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I'm in a bubble. You are in a bubble, girlfriend. <laughs> and so the idea of saying that to their child causes excessive sweat and locking of oneself in a closet. Okay, so we got to get together and just use these terms together. Yes. Penis, vagina, let's say them. <laughs> Moms and dads, let's get together. Let's say them out loud yes. so that we it's get more It's just a word. It's just a word. Let's and... throw in masturbation there. Okay. We'll touch on that too, maybe. <laughs> Now you're pushing it, woman. <laughs> pushing the envelope. No, I'm. It's true though, because if we're uncomfortable, folks, guess what? You're gonna make your kids uncomfortable. Yes. And then the result, the fruit of that is they will not talk to you about it. We set the tone. If we yeah. are awkward, it's gonna be awkward. Absolutely. And even if we're casual, like when I was chomping tomatoes, it was still a little awkward. Yeah. But I sensed it and moved on and changed the conversation yeah. so that it the awkwardness didn't continue. That's something that's so important. Um, you know, when we were when we were driving down that highway and she was grossed out, I will never forget. She said, Mom, I need you to pull over. I'm gonna throw Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of um, there's a visual there when you're explaining all of that that's new, hopefully new for them. But how beautiful that she asked you. How cool that yeah. you got to be the one to explain what really happens. Yeah. Because they're going to hear it. So what time? You know, I, I said I did this in fourth grade. And here's what I want you to know. Now she's going into eighth grade. Yeah. And I will speak from a mom who's telling you this in real time. You have to cover God's design for sex in elementary school. Yeah. I know that's scary, but in middle school or even late elementary school, they're already exposed to different types of sexuality mm -hmm. and you're having to cover that. So it is very critical that you cover God's design of sex first because we want that to be their first picture in their head about how God designed it before any of the other stuff hits them. I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit here and say that the around second grade, going into second grade, that might be something to consider because I'm in that age and stage right now. And all of my friends who have kids that age, they're covering it before school starts. Okay. Well, I think that's a great point because see, I did it in fourth grade yes. and I missed this whole thing. Exactly. You know, I was late to the game. That's yep. what started this whole ministry is I realized I missed it. With my son, we covered it in third grade. He was yes. already asking us questions. Like he had already heard about it. Yeah. And so things are moving faster year by year because yes. of the online exposure. We see this over and over with every topic we cover. So I agree. I think fourth grade is probably late. I think by fourth and fifth grade, you're probably going to have to be covering other types of sexuality. Yeah. Um, and it's not, again, there is no perfect time. We're not saying this is when you do it. But that's about the age when they start hearing things and seeing things, and you want to set that standard um, ahead of time and also create that open space where they know when they're hearing these things, they can come and tell you. Um, second grade, I mean, the kids are, the things they're hearing, incredible. The other thing, I've got to speak into this. I've got to bring it up, Kim. Okay. Purity pledges. Okay. Purity rings. Yep. Okay. Listen, these are like restrictions to me. They're tools that you use. Mm -hmm. Folks, I signed a purity pledge and nobody talked to me about sex. This yeah. cannot happen. 
purity pledges cannot be a substitute for conversation. And so if you want to do them, that is great. It is another tool in your toolbox of parenting that you can do. But do not forget all these conversations that go along with it. I had a lot of friends who had those rings, and the next day they were with their boyfriends. It was, I'm not trying to meeting scare up anybody. The, meeting, meeting up in up the bathroom. In doing the car. Some, yeah. Um, after I'm, school. I mean, I'm just going to be honest here. And the reason why is because it was just a ring. It didn't come with a true understanding of why I have this ring or that I want this ring. It wasn't, I am taking this deep pledge in my faith with Jesus that this is how I want to live my life. It was a ritual. It was a ritual. It was a fear mechanism, all kinds of things. Now, hear us. We're not, if you, if this is something that's important to you and you like to do it, do it. But just do it with all the conversation. It's the same thing with restrictions. You know, that's not your, don't put all eggs in one basket. It's restrictions plus a lot of conversation because they could fall through. Absolutely. I'm glad you said it. Um, If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630 The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk about sex? So let's talk about sex ed in schools. <laughs> yes. You know, because my kids are in a public school, yep. so they they have a sex educational class. Yep. Um, go, to the, go to those parent nights. Y'all, in sixth grade, I went, and there were like four other parents in yes. our whole entire district, all of our schools. My husband used to teach the sex ed classes to the middle school. That was his, he was the man. And on average, he had one parent show up. And I'm not saying go to go and combat what they're saying. Go to get information. And so when I went, I learned a lot of things that they were going to cover in sixth grade that I hadn't covered yet at home. We had covered God's design for sex and what that looked like inside of a marriage. But I went and I was told that in sixth grade, now they weren't going to go into detail about this, but they were going to give definitions of anal sex. Wow. Can I say that on the air? I don't know, but you did. And oral sex. Yeah. Said that on the air, too. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> fired. Well, you know what the thing is? If you didn't go, your child would be introduced to those definitions, and then they're in a classroom with other kids that they're going to be talking to mm-hmm. and on the playground, and they're going to find out information that you haven't even introduced or set up for them yeah. with truth. Yeah. And you want me to tell you what happened? I sat there and I got really angry and I was like, how dare we have to introduce our sixth graders, our 11 year olds to these concepts. And I was about to go into crazy mom mode Mm -hmm. when somebody asked the question, what is the purpose behind giving them these definitions? Yeah. And the school representative had an amazing, beautiful answer. She said, Kids don't think those are sex. They don't think they can get STDs from those. They don't think those can really hurt them. And we have to define it early so they know they can get STDs. They can get a disease that will be with them for the rest of their life because of this type of sex. Absolutely. And not only that, the other reason 
paired with that is because you may be having these conversations. We pray that you are. But you cannot count on other parents yep. to be having them. Preach it, sister. You cannot. And so you you have got to prepare your house and your home mm-hmm. because they're going to hear from someone else and they're going to be asked to do other things. And you've got to prepare your kids. Yeah. You know, what I loved also is our curriculum. At the end of every slide, it went back to 100% abstinence mm-hmm. is the only way to protect yourself. Yes. And I got to see what was great, too, is they had lined out every day the curriculum. So mm-hmm. I actually got to see when these terms were introduced and how they were introduced. And it was just a definition. Um, but I got to see the big picture and the 100% abstinence message always came back to that. Yeah. And so when I talked to my daughter about it and I said, hey, you're going to hear these new terms and I want to tell you first what they mean. And that way, if we have you have any questions, you can come to me. You know, this isn't something you discuss with your kids or you're not going to want to ask questions in class, I'm sure, Mm because you'll be embarrassed. But I'm your safe place. Um, What was so great is that I was able to point out to her in this dialogue, science matches up with God's word. Mm. All those slides that you're seeing that says 100% abstinence is the only way to keep yourself safe, that's what God's word says also. Yeah. And then we revisited these scriptures together, Genesis 2.24 and 1 Corinthians 7.23, and it was like a light bulb moment, and she was like, oh my gosh, it makes sense, like the Bible and science, it's it's right. It lines up. Yeah. And it was a great moment for us. And then we were able to move into these difficult conversations about anal sex and oral sex and what that looks like. And I was able to cover it with her before she heard about it at school. Well, and so she's able to have some time to process yeah. before being exposed to it from, you know, a new teacher and in front of all these other people. I think that there's so many reasons why it's important to cover these things early. Yeah. So go to your school's parent night. That is a word of advice. Keep everything casual. Um, We've covered a lot here. Yeah. You know, I I mentioned masturbation, and we're going to need another show on masturbation alone. (laughs) How do we handle this with our kids? Like, that's that's a topic. Oh, yeah. Our husbands have made it very clear to us that we need to talk not only to the guys, but to the moms also about what our role is in explaining that to our kids and how to cover it. Right. So we will do a whole nother show on that. Yeah, we're going to have to plan that out accordingly. Um, So so, Kim, what I loved is that you are introducing things at an early age you know yeah. you're not getting into these big terms and the specifics yet yeah. but you're setting up a situation where your kids are going to be open because you're already setting these foundational truths for your kids yes um the easy ones that i always say keep your private part private and you have your private parts and your public parts and so my kids unfortunately repeat those in public a lot you know when they see things they're like that's a private part or that's a public part but at the same time it's easy conversation for us so stuff that you're dealing with it'll be natural yeah, yeah, you know, and it's even that night that I we were driving down the road and I told her how things worked and she wanted to, me to pull over because she was going to throw up. I'll never forget that night she walked in the house and she looked at dad and then she looked at me and you could just see her processing uh, yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And she didn't hug him that night. <laughs> and, and later on, I had to explain to him what, what was going on. But then by the next morning, she was fine. It's yeah. like she just needed a moment to process what I had just told her. <laughs> well, it's 
Our job at the end of the day is to teach our kids God's design for sex and that sex is a gift. And when done the right way, the way God intended, there's no shame, there's no guilt or worry or disease. None of that. That's why it's important to know God's heart, to be in the word, to understand restrictions. He commands us about sex. Um, It's not a rule just to be mean. It is to protect us because he loves us. Yeah. He wants to keep us safe and not harm us. It's important to talk with our kids about saving themselves for their future spouse. It's a gift that you get to give them. And, um, you know, the discussions you're having now with your kids, that's going to affect their marriage. Yeah. It's a, there's big implications there. Yeah. And, you know, when my daughter was grossed out, I painted this beautiful picture for her. I was like, I know it seems gross now and you never have to do it if you don't want to. But one day you're going to meet a guy that you've been praying for and that has been raised the way you are, that's saving himself for you. And it's this beautiful picture of God's design for sex. So some things that we want to wrap up with today, a couple of points. Number one, the sex talk is not a one-time conversation. This is an ongoing discussion. It gets more detailed, folks, I'm telling you. It does. <laughs> and you know what? In our last show, my husband and I talked about that ongoing conversation. It's key. Yeah. It trickles down with your kids, too. And this is a big one. Mm-hmm. Talk to your kids about God's design for sex in elementary school. Going into second grade, I'm telling you, it needs to be on your mind. Start preparing them early. And number three, sex is good. It's not a bad thing. It's something our kids need to look forward to. Their decisions today will impact their future spouse. Give them vision for their future. Why am I waiting? Why am I holding on to this thing that, you know, give them the vision that God has for them. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio today with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is brought to you by Next Talk, a nonprofit organization keeping kids safe online through cyber parenting and open communication. Find resources, videos, and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the Next Talk? <music>